Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Before I get to my next guest, Chris Finn, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Positive Vibes Golf. Go check them out online at positivevibesgolf.com and give them a follow on Twitter at pvibesgolf. They're head covers and putter covers, a very unique way to keep your mind focused on positive thoughts and a great on-course training aid just to stay positive, right? Put positive thoughts, positive images in your mind. That's the best way to have more fun and shoot lower scores. Go see what I mean, again, by checking them out online at PositiveVibesGolf.com. And this segment of the show is sponsored by our good friends over at Two Under. I want to welcome our newest sponsor, Two Under Men's Performance Briefs, the unofficial underwear of the PGA Tour. Worn by PGA Tour players like Ricky Fowler, David Toms, Jerry Kelly, William McGirt, Jason Kokrak, and Matt Everett, to name just a few. Your buddies are going to think you're a stud if they're even seeing you in your underwear, but that's another story. And your girlfriend and her wife is going to love the side effects, a visibly enhanced profile. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management. It separates a man's most valuable assets from bodily contact to reduce unwanted skin-on-skin contact, providing less chafing, more control, and an altogether more luxurious feel. Start every round two under by wearing the coolest performance briefs on the market. Use code ONTHET20 to save 20% off your order at 2under.com. And that's the number two, UNDR.com. Hi, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Chris Finn. Chris is the founder of Par for Success, and that's a number four, Par for Success, which is a golf, fitness, and physical therapy company located up in Cary, North Carolina. They've got an amazing looking 6,000 square foot facility up there. They can help you get more out of your golf performance. And if you've got an ache or a pain, they can help alleviate that as well. Chris is a licensed physical therapist, a certified strength and conditioning specialist. He is a Titleist Performance Institute certified as well. And he is also a uh, certified nutrition coach. He's uh, you know certainly grown par for success. We talked about this last time he was on the show, but really took it out of what was in the back of his car and now is a tremendously successful business, one that sacks gold, uh, Goldman Sachs, I should say, as, as one of their 10,000 small businesses that are poised for growth. And I'm very excited he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Chris, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris. Good to be back on. How you been, man? I'm fantastic. How are you? How are things going there? Things are going great. It's, uh, you know, we're coming to the end of the summer, so you know, it's been, this is kind of the I guess uh, we start seeing just how good we did with a lot of our players on tour and kind of the amateur circuits. And then we get all the guys coming back from all their member members, kind of all battered and banged up and <laughs> kind of try to piece <laughs> them together for the fall season here. So. No doubt. Chris, there's a lot of I want to get into tonight. And I want to start um, by talking a little bit about nutrition. And, and for those of us, that, you know, have early morning tea times on the weekends. You know, my buddies, you know, my buddies will do one of two things. They're either grabbing a donut on the way out of the house or they're going to have a full sit-down breakfast spread with the eggs and the bacon and the waffles and the orange juice, the, sort of the whole shebang. Yeah. What should we be eating to get ourselves, get our bodies fueled up for a round of golf? Well, I guess the question, the bigger question is, are they doing the mimosa or the Bloody Mary beforehand? 
I think that may be the one piece. They're leaving the alcohol out of it, but uh, my buddy Bob is yeah. all about the juice. You got to have the orange juice. You got to have the whole shebang. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I think you know. I think when it comes to nutrition, obviously, it's there's lots of different philosophies out there. I think you know, there's certainly a lot of different you know fad diets of you know the big one right now is keto or um, you know where you're kind of pretty much no carbs at all. There's you know South Beach, whatever you know the the avenue that somebody takes. I think it kind of it's the easy way to think about it from a performance standpoint, kind of on the golf courses. Just kind of you kind of take a step back and look at the science of it, and I think um, you know before the you go out and play around a golf, I think I, think I always use the analogy of a of a your car when you're driving to the golf course in the morning. If you run out of gas, you're going to miss your tea time. Um, you know, so you need to make sure you fill up with the right kind of gas before you get out to the course. And the, the gas that the human body uses on the golf course is carbohydrates or glucose. Um, so basically, the donut. <laughs> Um, that will give that person a, a good spike of energy in terms of the carbohydrates. The sugar is going to go really high. Um, so they'll probably feel fine for the first couple holes, but what that person will tend to see would be a, basically a the way we don't like to see, say, the stock market go and just a big crash. Um, so you'll start, you know, feel hungry, you may, you know, depending on how much other stuff you've eaten or drank, you, you just feel not very good um, in general. So I think pre-round avoiding kind of high sugar content foods is definitely uh, recommended. Um, so that guy for that's eating the donut probably going to be fine for the first couple holes, but they're likely going to see a pretty big crash come after that. They're probably calling the cart girl for some other processed bar or something of that nature, you know, by about the third or fourth hole. Um, so that the problem with that strategy is it becomes a, a yo-yo game. Where you're just constantly trying to get your sugar, your blood sugar back up after it's tanked because you've burned all the simple sugars that you just ate. Um, so does that make sense for for that guy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then you know, then if I so, if you go with the full spread guy, um, you know, you know, what do you typically see from a full spread? You know, what would be a typical full spread you see that they have in the morning? No, oh, they got the waffles, they got the eggs and the bacon, the orange juice, so that that sort of whole big breakfast thing. Yep. So, yeah, I think that it's just simple to think about it. There's kind of fancy word is called macronutrients. Uh, basically, there's three general categories if you want to think about it of food. You have your carbohydrates, which would be like your breads, your waffles in that case, uh, an English muffin if you're, if you're getting a breakfast sandwich. Um, and then you'd have, so those are the things prior to the round that are definitely, especially if you're walking, really important to have. Um, and then you're going to have your, your, your fats, which, um, they kind of get a bad rap, but now with keto coming, they're getting a good rap. Um, you know, those are important. You know, the fat is basically what helps to coat a lot of your your nerve your nerves and your neurons, and that's kind of what gets you to move. We all talk about speed in golf, and um, you know, the better myelinated those are, the, the more efficiently those are those signals are transmitted. The more coordinated timings, better that those sorts of things. Um, so fats are an important piece too. They also are digested a little bit slower. Um, so they will help to sustain kind of a, a, a more level um, layer of kind of a glucose level or blood sugar level as opposed to the guy who just popped the donut, um, probably with the Bavarian cream in the middle. Um, but then, uh, so, so so if you think of the of fats, you're going to get that from your bacon. So like two strips of bacon is so like is a great, you know, great thing to have before a round. Um, you're going to get some of the fats if you got the yolks and the eggs. 
Um, and then you're going to get a little bit of protein out of the eggs, so depending how many eggs you get. You get obviously get a little bit of protein from the bacon as well. Um, so you, generally, I would say you want a little bit more of a, of a healthier, carb-heavy uh, pre-round meal that isn't necessarily going to spike your blood sugar. So like like a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich, um, you know, assuming it's not incredibly greasy, um, you know, isn't actually not a terrible pre-round meal. Um, you know, if you're grabbing that at the you know at the grill before you're heading out, um, you know, think of because you've gotten the car, you know, predominant carbs, you get a little, you know, get two pieces of bacon, don't get eight. Um, you know, and then if you get a couple eggs on there, you know, you've gotten a little bit of each of those categories of the macronutrients. Um, so I think that's that's kind of one of the simplest ways to think about it from a a pre-round uh, meal. So that that spread you mentioned, eggs, waffles, and bacon actually isn't terrible, depending how much butter and uh, and syrup he puts up on his on his waffle there, but um, that's actually not a terrible start. Now, if he drinks four cups of, of juice and he's all sugared up, that probably ain't going to help him. But <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but overall, not, that that would be a better option than the donut. So talk about on course, right? So we we've we've had our breakfast, you know, prior to the round. We're making the turn, or through the course of you know the finishing up seven, eight, nine, or maybe you know at, after the turn. We're st- now we're starting mm-hmm. to get a little hungry. What what are some things that we can eat, maybe have in our bag, in our golf bag, to uh, to kind of keep us fueled up through the rest of the uh, second part of the round? Yeah, so I think you know that that's a good pre-round is kind of thinking of that a little more carb heavy than than anything. And then I think you're going to do same idea or thought process when you're on the course as you're using energy. You know, typically if you walk 18 holes, you're going to burn close to 2,000 calories. Um, so you know, if you think of the the regular recommended quote unquote diet by the government is you know 2,000 calories a day. That's what all of your percentages and all the labels are are rec- based off of. You pretty much are going to almost burn that while you're walking the golf course. If it's hotter, you probably burn more. Um, so you do need to take in a good amount of caloric intake. Otherwise, you'll be operating at what's called a you know a, basically a caloric deficit, which at that point you're starting to tap into your energy stores and your muscles and if we're talking performance, that's not going to bode well on 15, 16, you know, 17 and 18. <laughs> um, so, so, so I think that's where you then look at, um, you know, some of the good, um, like simple suggest, like PB and J is a, that's a great one that travels well, particularly hot in the summer. Um, you know, turkey, cheese, ham and cheese sandwiches, those sorts of things, um, better in the not so warm weather. Those get kind of nasty when the cheese starts melting in your bag. Um, but, um, <laughs> So, but yeah, thinking, I think like sandwiches are a good portable option for a lot of people. Um, you know, they, they also there's lots of energy bars that are out there. I think the one thing you want to look out for with those is the sugar va- content. You know, try to stay within single digit sugar values. So you see a lot of like the protein energy bars. We have 20, 30 grams of protein, but then if you look, and you'll get you know 30 to 40 grams of carbs, which is basically like two pieces of bread, which is good. Um, but then you may, you know, in some of them you may get you know 30 grams of sugar. So that's basically you might as well just have a donut and then a protein shake with the donut. Um, so that's where you, you do want to watch the sugar is kind of the bigger thing from a performance standpoint in terms of just trying to avoid you know peaks and valleys in terms of being stable with their performance. And um, you know then it's a matter of some people prefer to have you know a half a sandwich every couple holes or a quarter of a sandwich every couple holes. Um, other people will do maybe a sandwich at the turn and they may snack on you know, like a trail mix with some nuts and grain, you know, that sort of a thing in between to kind of sustain them at a pretty level, um, level basis. 
I think the key that we just need to think about that we don't think about in golf is, you know, it's it's a four hour to six hour event. That's like the length of time of a marathon. You know, not a <laughs> not of an elite level marathoner, but yeah, that's a, that's an extreme long period of time that you're being active. And if it's sunny out, you know, that adds other elements of how much you're burning. So yeah, just don't starve yourself and and then wonder why you you, you tripled the last three holes. <laughs> Yeah, and and you, you mentioned being out in the sun and that sort of thing. Let's talk. Let's transition a little bit to hydration. I think we all know we're supposed yep. to hydrate on the course and that sort of thing. But is, are are the are the Gatorades and the Powerades and all that sort of stuff? You mentioned sugar, so you know mm-hmm. my immediate thought is we should be drinking water. But are the Gatorades and Powerades good for us or bad for us based on that sugar content? Yeah, man, I, I think it's. You know, as with you know any exercise or any nutrition, I think it's rare that something is like bad for you. It's I think it's when you have too much of it or you know, when you don't use it in the right way. And I think that's unfortunately where a lot of the energy drinks have gotten misused in terms of our Gatorade or you know, the electrolyte replenishment drinks. Yeah, you, know, you know, there's two servings in a regular, you know, a standard kind of one of those, or sometimes there's four depending how big you get, I guess. Um, but, you know, I think read the label and understand how many servings are in the size bottle you bought. Um, and it's what I'll tell a lot of my players with the Gatorade is if you take one bottle of Gatorade, you know, a 20 ounce bottle of Gatorade, you know, if you cut it into, you know, a third of it into each water bottle that you fill up, then you're at least kind of staying the, the level of sugar throughout a little bit more evenly. So it's not a big sugar burst in front of you. Uh, you know, you get on the, you know, the 13, you down a whole Gatorade. That's a lot of sugar. <laughs> um, so, you know, they make other supplement, you know, uh, powders you can put in. Noon is one that a lot of people use. Um, you know, there's, so I think that's the big thing is looking at sugar. Um, I think there's actually, hydration is a bit of a contentious debate in the research in terms of its actual impact on uh, sport performance. Um, so, the, you know, historically, you would say if you lost more than Two percent your body weight, and that's I'm sure we all know the guy who sweats a ton and needs to change his shirt on the ninth hole. Um, you know that guy is going to have a higher sweat rate than you know somebody else who doesn't look like they've even been outside for the last two hours. Um, so I think depend they're actually are looking into now more what's what are called individualized hydration plans for you know particularly at the you know for talking the guys playing for fifteen million dollars last weekend. Um, you know most of them are going to have individual hydration plans where they actually measure how much they sweat and they're going to be basically given a specific amount of, of fluid and sodium and it's basically electrolytes, you know, as they're out there based on the temperature that it is and and their personalized sweat rate. Um, So the average golfer, we're not going to do that, but I mean, that's how that sort of individualized plan and some of the research more recently has shown promise in terms of its impact in terms of performance. Um, But there's, you know, others just in terms of, generally hydrating they did an interesting study with cyclists and they basically dehydrated some of them like three percent of their body weight some two percent and some they didn't dehydrate at all they did like a blind study so they thought they were dehydrated but they really weren't um and there was no performance difference at the end of a 25 kilometer cycling of you know race um so i think there's a little bit of difference that you see there and i will say with our like with some of our golfers, we have you know one of our uh, junior golfers. She she wasn't eating at all or drinking <laughs> on the golf course, and we we actually tracked her rounds, and she actually was five strokes higher on her second nine holes 
relative to her first nine holes and consistently. Uh, and then we would see in a two-day event, particularly in the summer, her total average score would go up by about three strokes. Um, so then we we implemented a specific, you know, similar to what I talked about earlier with, you know, here's your breakfast. Let's eat, eat something every three to, you know, three to four holes. We're going to, our goal is to drink, you know, one entire Gatorade kind of cut over the course of the four hours through, I think we did four water bottles. And in kind of getting her to do that, we'd said, we'll just try it for two tournaments and see what we saw, you know, see what happens. We actually saw her back nine became better by two strokes on average on those two rounds. And her second round was better by five strokes relative. So you saw a seven stroke swing, um, you know, on, in that second round just by being hydrated. Um, so it's a case study, wow. but it's, it's, it's stuff that you see regular on a regular basis with competitive golfers. And so that, you know, depending how serious the, you know, the weekend guy is, you know, that can will impact them differently, but it, it can, it makes a huge difference in terms of your ability to focus. If we look at, your ability to, you know, for the nervous system to fire and how, you know, if we talk about sequencing and timing, um, you know, the guest before me was talking a lot about balance in terms of how important that is for him when he's teaching his students. All of that's nervous system related. And if your blood sugar's tanked in the tank, uh, you're, you know, you're dehydrated, there's you know, some evidence out there that that's actually going to be more challenging for you to accomplish. Chris, switching gears a little bit and talking about huge differences, yesterday you put out an article on simplyfaster.com, and that's S-I-M-P-L-I-F-A-S-T-E-R, simplyfaster.com, about the evolution of speed and power and the golf swing. And gone are the days when, you know, beer belly guys are making it out there on the PGA Tour. Those guys are all in fantastic shape. And, and like you wrote, we are now seeing a direct correlation between how far a golfer can hit the ball and how much money they make. Talk about why we're yep. seeing that evolution in the game. Well, I think, I don't know if it was Brooks or Phil probably said it better than I could say it. And they said something to the effect of, I'll take my wedge out of the, or my eight iron out of the rough against another guy's five iron out of the, you know, out of the fairway and I'll win all day. Um, so and I think that's what you're seeing is, I mean, it, I think historically, you know, sometimes being long had a correlation with being wrong in terms of being in the woods. But these guys are so long and they're so accurate that, you know, they're having two to three clubs, you know, less into the green. So their proximity to the hole is going to be closer so they can score better. Um, and they're so, I mean, they're they're true power athletes at this point in the game. And if you look at, you know, Rory and Brooks, you know, that just those two guys in the last group last weekend, um, you know, Rory's got the fastest hips it's last time I checked, you know, the fastest hips in terms of degrees per second uh, in the game of golf. If he doesn't now, he did at one point at over 700 degrees per second. I mean, he's an incredibly fast torsional golfer. Um, you know, and Brooks is, I mean, he's just a, a hell of an athlete and that he's, he's really strong and he can generate a lot of power. Um, and so the they're able to push through that rough and with a shorter club in their hand, you know, if you look at the, I forget what the stat was in that article. Um, the link is in that article there, but I think it was like the, if you looked at the top 15 driver driving distance, all of them were within the top 50 in the money. Or it was something pretty, you know, compelling. And you've been seeing that happen more and more each year for the last five six years. Um, that basically the longer the guys are, the more money they tend to make. Just because they hit along doesn't mean they're going to make more money. But there just seems to be a relationship with the guys that are hitting it further. They're making more. So for all of us now, we, we as you mentioned, hip rotation and 
for for those of us that want to generate more hip rotation, want to generate more club head speed and gain a couple of yards on our drives, how can we do that? What are some things that we can be doing to help ourselves get to that point? Yeah, I think one of the simplest things, you know, without ever stepping foot in the gym, just the next time somebody goes to the course, you know, if they go play tomorrow, um, you know, when they go to warm up, um, you know, just stop static stretching, stop you know, trying to touch your toes and hold it for 30 seconds. Um, there was a couple interesting uh, studies that we've seen in the past where they actually had a guy or they had a group of golfers go out and um, the group that did static stretching, uh, they looked at them compared to a group that did more of a dynamic warm-up and did some soft tissue. Kind of, you know, everyone's heard of a foam roll probably, um, you know, using a, some, a type of foam roll or, or softball or myofascial tool. So they had one group did that and the other group did the static stretching. And compared to their baselines, if they did nothing, they actually saw an 11% difference in how much power they could produce. And the group that did static stretching saw a 5% decrease compared to what they did on a regular, like just cold. Uh, the group who did the more dynamic warm-up got their body temperature warmed up. They actually saw a 6% increase compared to doing nothing. So I think just by warming up correctly, um, you know, being dynamic and moving, there's, I mean, there's tons of, you know, go on YouTube and search, you know, five-minute uh, golf fitness warm-up on the range. Uh, we have one on our YouTube page. Um, it, that's simply, that would be one of the simplest ways to do it. Um, without really, a, you know, without getting into talking about if you're in the gym, what sort of stuff should you do? And, um, you know, that would be the first thing I would say without changing anything about you, if your hips are tight or whatever, just go do that. And you're going to automatically see an input, uh, an increase in terms of how much further you can hit the ball or how much, um, how much better you feel just off that first tee instead of waiting until the, you know, fifth tee when you, you've had your four warm up holes. <laughs> right. And one of the other things you talk about, Chris, is, you know, kinetic training with things like medicine balls and cables and flywheels and bands, but we don't pay enough attention, you know, to, to the ground and, and um, how that can help us. Talk about what you mean by that. Yeah. So, you know, I think you know, everybody's familiar with, you know, the, the what's called the kinematic sequence, which is a big fancy word for saying, you know, your hips move, should move first and then your torso, you know, and then your hands, you know, and then the club should come through last. Like I think everybody, if they saw somebody swinging a golf club and, you know, you've seen the guy where the, their, their club is already hitting the ball before any other part of their movie, their body has moved from the top of their backswing, like incredibly over the top across. Um, you know, that, that's just not how you should ideally swing the golf club, um, you know, from an efficiency standpoint. So kinematics is looking at, you know, when you look at somebody, you can see what moves first, what moves second. Um, and so there's lots of, you know, a lot of teaching around that instruction around, you know, getting in the right sequence to help the club get on plane. Um, you know, I think, What's interesting is when you look at what you said, the kinetics, and that looks at more how you use the ground, and the kinetics drive kinematics. So how you use the ground is going to determine what moves first, second, third in a lot of cases. Um, and it, when you start looking at that, it almost becomes like cheating. Uh, look, if you ever get a chance to work with an instructor who has a force plate, um, which basically measures how measures those kinetic forces, and, and they can, you know, if you've ever got a chance to even just watch somebody give a lesson on one of those, it's incredible what you can do just by teaching. You just don't say anything about the club and they just say, you know, use the ground this way, push off here, or think of pushing up, you know, more off that lead leg before you hit the golf ball. And you see incredible increases in speed, uh, in accuracy. Uh, it, it's really it's incredible. 
Um, but so for the gym, what that means is, you know, when you're using uh, you know, most people, they go to the gym, they have a cable machine and, you know, maybe you're doing a, you know, everybody likes the golf looking chop where you kind of start above your shoulder and you pull it down to your, your, your other hip. Um, you know, as you're doing that and as the, the kind of cable comes back behind you, you know, kinetic training would be a matter of you know, being focused on where your feet are on the ground or as you're throwing a medicine ball and you're loading up to throw it, you know, are you leaning, is there your weight on the outside of that back foot or is your weight, you know, you know on the inside, you know, in your big toe and in your arch? You know, if you took a golf swing and you kind of, you, know, you swayed way back and you rolled to the outside of your feet, you know, I think we'd all agree that's probably not an ideal way to swing a golf club. So when you're in the gym and you're training a rotational movement, we should be thinking about that in terms of when you load into that trail hip, load into the inside of that arch of the foot, grab the ground with your big toe. Now, Gary Player was always famous for kind of, you know, he would kind of you know, dip his knee in, his trail his trail knee in a little bit to help. And what that did is kind of would help him to post up on that right leg as he turned around um, and drive off the inside of that, of that trail foot. And then as you're kind of moving towards that lead leg, and whether it's a medicine ball throw or a cable rotation, you know, really try to drive up off that left leg, uh, if we're talking about rotation to the left, like a right-handed player would be going. Now, think of, uh, you know, Justin Thomas played well last weekend. He's a huge vertical player. When he swings, you can see him almost jumping off the ground. So he uses a kinetic force of the vertical force, which is there's three. There's a horizontal force. There's a torsional, which is your rotation. So Rory uses a ton of rotational. And then there's vertical. JT uses a ton of vertical thrust. Um, so you'll see those guys kind of jumping almost off the ground. That's how he creates a lot of his speed. Um, so when you're in the gym and you're training, most it's very rare that a, a, a amateur golfer is going to be torsional or rotational. Normally will be more horizontal. So think of pushing off that trail foot towards the target um, or vertical where we, if we push more off that lead leg, uh, that's when we'll tend to that hip will clear out and we see big increases in speed, you know. People say, oh, I felt like I really got to my lead side there. I felt really stable, you know, at the finish. Um, so I think if we're looking at in the gym and what a lot of those articles are talking about is, you know, don't necessarily, you know, I don't care if you're going high to low or just pulling straight across or going low to high or, you know, you know if you're using a flywheel or a band or whatever it is, think about your feet. Think about are you driving off the inside of that trail foot and are you pushing up you know, up off that lead leg, almost like you're trying to jump up off of it. But the more force you push down into the ground, the higher you would, quote unquote, jump if you were trying to jump. In the golf swing, the harder you push into that ground, the faster that club is ultimately going to go down through impact. Chris, for our listeners that are now intrigued and want to learn more and, you know, how, how can they get more information about all the great things that you are sharing, your facility is sharing, whether that's they're going onto your website or they're following you on social media, or as you mentioned a moment ago, your YouTube channel. Yeah, so we're, it's pretty simple. We're just, it's just at par for success. So P-A-R, the number four success. Um, you know, you can go where that's our handle for Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. Um, and then, you know, we obviously that, that's our YouTube channel's name as well. Uh, we got a ton of videos on there. Um, and then, you know, our website is just parforsuccess.com. Um, and then we do, you know, we typically will do every week, we tend to do kind of a free webinar for people. Um, so you can check that out too, through any of those, uh, uh, you know, through any of those venues, you'll, you'll see kind of how to get to that. Just basically it's kind of trying to help people understand, you know, what their limitations are, um, you know, understand where they stand for where they are in their age group. 
and then we kind of try to help to give them a uh, basically we give them a, a free call to kind of chat with them about how they did on the, those assessments that they did, see where they're at, and then kind of help them to hopefully come up with a plan uh, that they can do kind of wherever they are, you know, in the world to, you know, play better golf longer. Well, Chris, I can't thank you enough for your time and coming back and be a part of the show. There's so much great information, so many great things that you guys are doing. I hope you'll come back from time to time, share more of uh, the information, share some updates, and uh, let our listeners know how they can get more out of their game. You're fantastic, my friend. Oh, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. And I, I got to say, it's, you're, you're one of the few shows that I keep listening to. <laughs> you know, some shows they get they get old and you kind of the same stuff, but. Um, just the, the way you interview people is so fun to listen to. You can, you pull us just the great stories. And even tonight, all the stories about, you know, on tour and the experiences, it's, uh, it's really fun to listen to. So keep up the great work. And I, I it's an honor to be on the show anytime you'll have me. So I really appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you for saying that meant a great deal to me. Take care, Chris, all the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. All right, Chris, have a good one. That is Chris Finn. Again, it's par4success.com. And uh, a lot of great content. I'm, you know, their YouTube channel, fantastic. Their website's fantastic because it's got some videos on there as well. And I'll tell you, one of the things that is so amazing, and, and, you know, and I've been playing golf since I'm like 12 years old, right? And we hear about using the ground and how we can use the ground for force. I don't think we, t we think about that enough, about the connection between us and the ground, right? Your feet. All of that sort of thing, as Chris talked about, you know, being on the inside and pushing off and all those sorts of things. I think we think about grip and hands and swing and swing plane and all that sort of stuff. I don't think we think enough about, you know, our hip rotation and our connection to the ground and how we can use that to generate more speed. So looking forward to having Chris back as part of the show. Again, parforsuccess.com is his website. They're doing great things up there in Cary, North Carolina. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this edition of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks that go out once again to Larry Mowry, David Ogren, and Chris Finn for joining me tonight. Please check out our website, nextonthetea.net. There you'll be able to keep up to date with what our guest schedule looks like, so who we've got coming up over the next several weeks. Please check us out online. You can stream or download our show from a lot of great websites, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, Player.fm. Check us out as well on launchpaddm.com. Click the subscribe button. We'd really appreciate that very much. Give me your thoughts as well for what you're seeing on the show, hearing on the show, I should say, by going on our Facebook page, Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro. You can put a comment there. You can follow me on Twitter, at CT Mascaro, so you can also give me your thoughts there as well. Folks, I can't thank you enough for tuning in to this show again tonight and for making us a part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? 
the power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hey, Alana, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. 